That's so scary. <laughs> And welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast all about the art of trailer editing. This is episode 14. I am Rick Thomas. And I'm Derek Liu. And this week we've got a spooky special because it's uh, Halloween and we're going to be talking about horror trailers. And later on we've got an interview with uh, trailer producer Amanda Pulver and trailer editor Matt Miranda, who, uh, who both work a lot in horror. So they've got some really good insights into working in this genre. But to start us off, um, Derek, what comes to mind when you think about horror trailers? When I think about horror trailers, I think about a lot of flash frames, a lot of jump cuts, a lot of uh, sort of simmering tension, and a lot of a lot of jump scares is generally what comes to mind. Um, and also, I think about how if I had to cut a horror trailer, I would just totally watch horror trailers and cheat sheet and copy all the things that they do because I just don't have any instinct for horror trailers. Yeah, it's interesting that you say, you know, kind of you you think of very kind of flashy cutting. And I think actually horror is a genre that kind of covers both. You have things that are designed to kind of shock you and that kind of fast editorial. And also you have things that are really slow and spooky and things like the, the It trailer that we talked about. And it's actually this kind of unnerving thing or you get the raft of kind of recent A24 films like Hereditary and Midsummer, and you get this kind of just unsettling you know going back to like Saw and body horror and you know like there's always something new that freaks people out um, and I think that's reflected in the editorial as well. Yeah something I was thinking about when researching for this episode was in a way there's a lot of parallels with game trailers for horror trailers because a lot of times horror movies come up with some sort of new gimmick that they have to explain to the audience. Either it's something that's already a concept or it's just a new idea for a monster and they have to explain how it works. Like uh, if you think about Lights Out. Every time I turn off the lights, there's this woman waiting in the shadows. I see her too. It's this monster that moves when, was it, it only appears when the, the lights are on and then disappears when the lights are out and then it can chase you or like it follows just about a thing that follows you. Uh, what was it, if you're, um, what is it, if you're a virgin? I forget the rules exactly. You're not going to believe me and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. Yeah, or it follows you when you don't... Yeah, actually, I haven't seen... <laughs> I never saw it follows. But it's interesting that actually, yeah, a lot of horror has that kind of high concept that, you know, this time it's like it's like truth or dare. You know, this time, you know, you're playing truth or dare or final destination. You know, there's there's a high kind of concept there that lends itself very well to setting that up in the trailer. 
Yeah. Or even going even further, I remember the teaser for White Noise just starts off with this, I think, Hugh Morgan narrated thing just explaining what the concept of uh, EVP is. Ruth Baxter died in 1994. <laughs> something. like I think there's something. I just remember Ruth Baxter. Yes, yeah, just, just um, lower the octaves by about three. What you are about to hear is real. It has not been edited or enhanced. It is the voice of Ruth Baxter. This voice was recorded in August 2003. Ruth Baxter died in 1987. Yeah, no, that's interesting because that is definitely a case of where the concept is more of a sell than, you know, the characters or the scares or something like that because that's a really kind of interesting and real phenomena. You know, you look at things like paranormal activity. Um, and Paranormal Activity had a really interesting sell because it had a, a, a piece where the trailer was kind of... We're going to have a very interesting time capturing whatever paranormal phenomena is occurring or is not occurring. Windows are locked. Doors are locked. The alarm is on. hearing a weird sound. Something's here. I feel it breathing on me. The reactions of people in a theatre, it was like a whole theatre piece that was the first teaser um, and also kind of Blair Witch where they played it straight as well. So that's kind of getting the concept out there. Yeah, the whole night vision camera where everyone's eyes look really creepy and all the footage is green. Was Paranormal Activity the first one that did that? It's Yeah, I, I think uh, maybe for the trailer, like maybe because, you know, in theory that film does actually look quite small. So it's a way of kind of elevating. I think it's been done a lot in kind of review spots. Um, I've seen it used in comedy. Um, I don't know if that was the first to do that. It fit also with the uh, with the kind of video camera aesthetic of the film. That's actually a good, really good point that it fits the aesthetic. I was at um, a restaurant last night which had TVs on and the TV spots for Countdown do the exact same thing with the, the night vision. Um but the other thing is, one thing with horror movies is that the jump scares that they have per movie, you generally don't want to give away because there could just be so much tension building and to show the jump scares is basically like showing the, the money shot. But they still usually have to do it to some degree. I'm sure it's like anything. I'm sure uh, I think they actually say in the interview, you know, it's kind of like comedy. You don't want to put your best jokes in the trailer. And I think in horror, you know, you, you do everything to not put your best jump scares in there and not lead people to go into the theater and go, oh, this is where the monster comes out. Right. <laughs> and also horror is one of the particular genres which is really, really uh, reliant on good sound design. Um, I was thinking about that when watching um, the trailer for It. Bill, if you come with me, you'll float too. 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 And I just watched it muted just, just to see what it would be like. Because some of the shots, if you have it without sound, looks sort of goofy. Like he's like vibrating clown coming at you. And sure enough, just watching without sound really takes a lot of the impact out of it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, again, we, we kind of go into it in the interview, but it's um, that thing where sound design kind of is so key for horror because you have these kind of sparse things and, and you have it's a type of trailer where you take inspiration from the movie and and you know something like it will find that kind of signature sound or you know kind of post mother you've got that violin pluck it's less about 
kind of a music cue that does it all for you. It's these kind of gaps and peaks and troughs and hits, and you can do a lot more with kind of unnerving sound design. Yeah, I think that's the other thing that I find intimidating about horror trailers is that there isn't necessarily like a cue that you can usually pick for a horror trailer if it is so sound design heavy that like if you have a like a music cue then it could have those the peaks and troughs built into it but if it's just everything is being determined by the sound design like I'm just thinking in terms of like the editing software on the timeline just thinking seeing all these small clips and just empty space and just having to basically build it all up is very intimidating yeah and a lot of kind of drones and you know big chunks of the feature where you're not really kind you know it's very kind of scene based so you know you're kind of adding to the sound design that's there and you'll have these kind of sub rumbles and alien ship interior noises you know that kind of go in the background and and then kind of sometimes one big kind of audio jump to uh, get you it goes back to the question that we had a couple of weeks ago of why does every horror trailer have a jump scare because they should tell me in advance right (laughs) maybe there should be a warning an mpaa you know this trailer contains jump scares (laughs) right 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 before the trailer airs i mean that's not a terrible idea because i mean a lot of people just really hate jump scares what are some of your kind of favorites of the of the genre i mostly came up with a lot of recent examples the we mentioned hereditary before that one I really loved because it does some really smart things in terms of telling a story in the trailer, but not spoiling some key parts of that movie, but still not making it feel like they're being coy or avoiding anything. Um, and also just because I saw the movie later on and I didn't just didn't feel spoiled, even though I saw a lot of the shots in there. Um, Get Out, I remember just because it had a lot of that, you know, the, the jump cutty and very aggressive editing and really showed pretty much everything in that movie. But somehow when I saw the movie, I didn't remember much of it at all. Uh, and I really like the It trailers the for the first one and chapter two. I think they're all really good. Yeah, a really good one uh, came out this week for Antlers, actually, uh, which is a Fox Searchlight horror. And um, that's kind of really creepy and slow build. And it's kind of got great repetitive sound design and disturbing visuals. And it's uh, it's definitely creepy. Yeah. What about you? Any favorites? Yeah, I I think I talk about it in the interview, but um, I really love the trailer. And I really remember the trailer for The Strangers where you have the shot kind of in the middle. And I think it was maybe, I think that followed after a couple of years of very kind of jump cutty white flash frame, try to scare you with the editorial kind of thing. And there was something so unique at the time about there's a shot in the middle of it where there's barely any sound design. It's all just kind of silent and Liv Tyler standing there in her living room smoking a cigarette and gradually this kind of masked figure comes out from behind her. And actually, the absence of sound design there is really great because there's not a kind of like, you know, something to kind of say, hey, you should look at this thing. It's kind of if you see it, you get freaked out. Um, and if you don't see it, then you're just confused as to why I looked at a shot of Liv Tyler smoking for 10 seconds. Um, and people have talked about, you know, seeing that in the theatre and gradually people kind of realising it and that kind of communal response. I, I think there's probably something to be said for watching a horror trailer in a theatre as opposed to at home where it definitely kind of loses some of its impact. And I think that's something that is going to change as people increasingly watch things digitally and on their phones and and things. Yeah, I was just thinking about the theater experience um, because 
you know, in a movie theater, you're going to have way more bass. But also, there's something about when a trailer goes really, really quiet. And I mean, if the audience is also quiet and not talking or eating popcorn really loud, but if you can get a theater where actually it gets really quiet uh, during those moments, then it's really effective. Or sometimes I've seen some trailers do a thing where it's not quiet, but it's like the it's the sound of sort of white noise hiss that's been turned way up, which if you hear that, then you know that any sound that happens is just going to be incredibly loud if the silence is that loud. <laughs> and that can be really unnerving. Oh no, uh, there's going to be a really loud thing happening. When is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously that's taking to the extremes in A Quiet Place. Oh, sure. Yeah, which definitely kind of, I wonder what the kind of response to that as a movie has been kind of at home compared to in theatres where it was definitely a kind of unique experience. Yeah, there's definitely more uh, uh, social pressure to keep quiet in a theater, or at least I would hope, even though uh, people still talk all the time during movies. But yeah, no, there's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of kind of great trailers in history. You know, you go back to Hitchcock in the 60s, and I'm always talking about meta trailers, but you know, his trailer for Psycho, where he's taking you through the house is really kind of unnerving and through you know the 70s and alien uh which stands out again we talk about it kind of um in the interview but you know that's a kind of iconic kind of horror action but um definitely disturbing um the exorcist teaser which i think was pulled for being too scary where it's just this kind of repetitive imagery uh kind of looks like a photocopy machine going yeah of uh satan's face satan's face and kind of you know them mid exorcism and things like that and through kind of iconic modern trailers like texas chainsaw massacre and uh all the way to things like it and and a quiet place and that kind of run of the witch uh hereditary which we talked about midsummer which is kind of midsummer is unique that it's kind of horror film set in the light so you know how, how can you scare people there right i think a lot of uh say like a24 style or a24 films definitely do trade in just i think images that are off and those can i think be have you ironically with <laughs> uh we're, we're recording this over skype and derek in the room he has he is in has actually been plunged into darkness <laughs> in horror movie style yeah there's 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 a light in this room that uh turns off if there's no motion so i'm just waving my arms around or does it maybe it's not actually an automatic thing it's something that's messing with me right now what about you have you actually cut any horror trailers or spots yeah i hadn't um before coming out to the states because um a lot of horror didn't tend to be done kind of internationally other than kind of some homegrown uk things like i worked on you know the the woman in black briefly but um definitely since coming to the states there's a lot more horror and uh, i've actually done a, a quite a lot of horror tv spots which i find really interesting because it's a kind of balance between kind of getting the story across because i think it's important to get the story and the concept like we were saying and then also having moments that land and increasingly tv spots are kind of about kind of taking the lead from the trailers that we've been talking about and kind of you know focusing on one big moment or one scare is more effective than having kind of three scares in a in a TV spot and filling it up. And um, it's really interesting. It's really fun for kind of sound design as well. You're always looking for something kind of unique and some kind of signature sound and something kind of unnerving and disturbing and, and something that can kind of connect in that immediate kind of five seconds of watching something and you know, you know where it's going and, and, you know, kind of what genre you're looking at and 
hopefully you know to be kind of freaked out in a very short amount of time. I actually find it really fun. We talk in the um, in the uh, interview here about kind of the parallels between comedy and horror. Uh, and something I've kind of realized since being over here is that horror is kind of, it's all about those moments. It's not kind of what we were saying before. It's not about putting down a cue and loads of dialogue and that kind of storytelling and letting a cue go for 30 seconds. It's every 10, 15 seconds, you've got a moment that you drop out to that you really connect to and and land. Um, And I think that's very similar to comedy that, you know, every kind of 10 to 15 seconds, you want a joke that gets people laughing. And uh, in the case of horror, screaming, (laughs) I don't know. Um, But yeah, no, I find it a lot of um, a lot of fun to go. And and, you know, yes, it is kind of formulaic. And there are kind of ways of doing things. But um, equally, there are ways to subvert that. And you're always kind of looking to to do something new and and do something unexpected. So yeah, so kind of on that note, uh, we'll turn to the experts. Uh, So this is trader producer Amanda Pulver, who's uh, worked on things like A Quiet Place and uh, and Pet Cemetery, and Matt Miranda, who's um, a horror trailer editor who's worked on things like It and uh, Annabelle Comes Home and eLife and Netflix. Um, So here they are. Okay, so I am here with trader producer Amanda Pulver and trader... Editor. Editor, Matt Miranda, who both work a lot in horror, which is convenient because it is Halloween and we're talking about horror. Horror trailers. Horror trailers. Spooky stuff. Horror trailers. Spooky stuff. Um, Okay, so let's pick, like, one horror trailer that you really like and why. Well, obviously, we're going to start with Alien. We start with Alien, yeah. Because uh, Alien, for me, is is one of the best because it is timeless in a way that a lot of horror trailers are not. When you look back at a lot of horror trailers, especially from the 80s and 90s, they're very dated and don't seem to exhibit any of the techniques that are done in modern horror trailers or really old ones. Uh, but Alien seems to bridge that gap really well. It's very teasery. It doesn't give much away about the story, but does all its storytelling visually it uses like a consistent singular sonic device but it still kind of like escalates and rises without using a rise like it does a lot of like quote-unquote modern things but it's what 47 years old yeah so what you're describing is a lot of kind of tropes of modern trader design do you think that that is because everyone saw the alien trader and thought this is awesome or do you think that that is something that just works specifically for horror i think it's something that works the best for horror i wonder how much of it is influenced by alien i know like for my own sake like my own editorial like is definitely influenced in some ways by that that piece but it's interesting to me how there's nothing else from that time period that i can remember that's done that way that, no like, i mean even like editorially it would have been yeah. like Im- absolutely impossible it's almost like it's so it's so it's like ahead of its time in a weird way it created the signature sound design you know that but then no one did that reference exactly no one did so it for 20 ahead. years yeah and people are like hey that was cool i'm gonna do that it's so organic to the film and that's the greatest thing about cutting horror trailers is you find what makes the film special and then you can take it and bend it into your own warped twisted way and make that signature device specific to this film and it can only be used for that yeah sounds and that's what alien created is that sound in the movie that like the alarm i don't don't think it is but it seems like it was kind of going for an alarm type sound which was happening a lot on the ship 
you know, the Nostromo at the end, etc. Yes. So it seemed like they took that idea and were influenced by it and made it their own and used that for the trailer. Yeah. And then brought it back for the Prometheus trailer, which Prometheus. actually did it like in yeah. a very kind of action kind of way, but it still kind of worked. It's interesting the, the, the referencing of a piece of marketing in doing a sequel or a kind of soft reboot and not something from the movie itself. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's testament to how iconic that trailer is. Um, so why do you guys like working in horror as a, as a genre? Like, what draws you to it in terms of creating trailers? For me, what I find enticing about doing horror is it's a genre that allows you much more freedom than other genres, I think, in trailers. One is, as a storyteller, it... it it lets you live in scenes much longer usually than like say action or drama and you can build you're basically creating moments on a more of a filmmaking level than an advertising level to me because it's still the point is to scare somebody and like suck them into a scene and create a sense of tension which i think you can do it, it just feels more like a movie to me it feels more like editing a movie yeah so amanda would you say that like we have to impose less on like horror like if we're living in scenes and things like this as kind of marketers like we can let the film speak for itself if it's horror or well that depends a lot of you know for example quiet place during that process as it was such a great film you can sit in those moments and creating the tension it was actually so hard to you know cut without sound because obviously it's in quiet place but it's yeah. exactly what matt was saying it's you have the freedom to create this world and you know creating the sound of the creatures scraping across we pan the audio to make it seem like you're surrounded by this unknown entity we didn't even show what it was in the teaser so while you have the capability of working on that horror also allows you to work in another fun way of intercutting in flash frames and jumping about like evil dead one of the greatest trailers ever the 2012 one and it creates this tension you don't even know but you're sitting closer and closer and closer and closer to the edge of your seat and then by the end of it you're so tensed up and your shoulders are like bound from being so tight and both styles of cutting exist in this genre and that's only the beginning i haven't even touched the capacities that this genre allows you to cut in yeah there's it it allows you the most freedom i think of of material and genre there's another thing that horror allows you to do is uh use counterpoint in ways that most other genres either become a quick rug pull or you just can't do like you can use a song that's happy or joyous in a horror trailer to be like ironic like i guess it's just irony that you're able to use in a horror trailer more than than anything else every other genre or feeling needs to be genuine but with horror you can be like fun with it like poking fun at it yeah so counterpoint and scene editing would be something like the conjuring teaser yeah yes where the amazing clap teaser yeah. where it starts with that cue that time I'm going to look season. up later. Yeah. Time, time of the season. Also, Bill Neal's uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Children Behave. That was another great yes. using the song and then yeah, twisting it the song, by the end. Oh, down. and then slowing it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah slowing so down, get... augmenting it. Yeah. reverbing it, affecting it. You can do that kind of stuff in horror that you can't do in action. In action, you would do it more traditionally. It'd be like 
taking a cue and actionizing it in a way with just adding hits and, and bigger instrumentation. With horror, it's you can get more playful with it. Yeah, and I guess also like it's a quest to keep doing something new as well. Like you mentioned, a quiet mm-hmm. place is like it's quiet. It's the absence of sound. Mm-hmm. Similar to uh, there's the moment in the Strangers trailer where I really yeah. like where the character comes out and it's there's no sound to augment it. You know, people would say in an era of jump scares, mm-hmm. every kind of oh there's someone like I've shut the medicine cabinet and there's someone there all of a sudden like that right. it's actually kind of nice like not picking that out and it's kind of nice to have a genre where you can just keep trying to do something sonically or editorially different because I guess once people are scared of something and they're expecting it like it's time to mix it up and do yeah. something they're no longer scared that's that Strangers trailer too I remember and this is something right. interesting because now we watch most of these on our phones or computers but the Strangers trailer I remember seeing in a theater and people realizing that that guy was lurking behind Liv Tyler at different times because she just sits there smoking a cigarette for 10 seconds and then he appears and then you just hear people start gasping around you and then you notice it and then someone else notices it and I wonder what you lose in that I guess in watching trailers on your computer like just by yourself I think maybe that's why sometimes people do favor the like shock kind of attention grabbing style because it's like we're still trying to get clicks you know yeah to that point how have things evolved like that's a big question because like it's a big span of trailers um but has digital changed the way that we cut horror i would say in the fact that just because we have to cut bumpers now you know and a lot of times they want the flashiest bumper you know which is usually the most intense part of the trailer in the back end and you know it almost doesn't give it away but it gives away the music that you're using the you know what you're gonna see i kind of like just starting raw you know sitting on the i miss that just not knowing what's coming up the unexpected i mean i know it's only six seconds but i I wish it gives away away some of the best stuff usually can you scare someone in six seconds oh yeah 100%. 100%. <laughs> well, what they'll do is... you don't is, want to give away your best scare. Well, what they'll do is they'll give away the scare, not yeah. the build-up to it. And the build-up is what makes it scary. Yeah. So you, it totally, like, ruins the moment, kind of. I think I remember Annabelle Creation had a really good bumper where it was just the kind of the doll coming out of the case and the book. And it was, like, some of that earlier imagery as opposed to the... You right. know, staying in the kind of tease. Right. I guess knowing that you're about to watch the trailer. Right. Compared to a six second snapchat yeah Yeah. i kind of like that when they're now you know some people have started leaning towards not using content that's in the trailer kind of going out so they don't Mm -hmm. give anything away which has been great again i think that's another thing with horror you can do like uh, using uh, it as an example Mm -hmm. um i saw bumpers that were just the pen like a jack-in-the-box like in the sewer and that's all that was and then it'd be like now that here's the trailer or the balloon like just kind of floating like which is like take elements from it make Mm -hmm. the bumper out of that and that way it preserves the the scares and the stuff you are trying to do in the trailer um do you think like how important is storytelling for horror traders do you think it's more about tone or do you think that to scare someone you need to tell a story and be invested in the characters and all that kind of stuff I would say it depends. Sometimes you need to establish a new world. So if this is their first piece, you need to establish what this person's going to be dropped into. But I would say emotionally connecting to a person is what sells the scare or connecting in some manner if it's, you know, a moment or whatever it is. But I'm not a big fan of giving away the entire story. I love, like, just breadcrumbs. I feel like that's how a campaign should build. 
you know, you want to lead them to want to go see the movie, feel like there's something more that they're going to go see, but still install that excitement. So it's a little bit of not borderline finding that fine line of not giving away the story completely, but just giving enough for them to be emotionally invested. I guess that's any any, any trailer, trailer yeah. storytelling. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ideally, that's what we try to, to not put. And that's the same, you know, like we've I've talked a lot on the podcast about comedy traders and not wanting to put every joke in I guess it's right. the same with horror traders mm-hmm. like you don't want to put every scare in and you want to promise more in the they in the say book. that um, horror and comedy when cutting are the most similar because it's all about timing I think they're the most similar in, in every aspect of storytelling right. like whether you're making the movie or mm-hmm. doing the, the advertising they're all dependent on timing and building anticipation for right. a payoff right. and both require a great deal of, of skill to get that balance right and are often done incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> and fart jokes. Yeah, yes, yeah, and course. fart jokes. I love yeah. that in a good the fart joke. The fart joke. <laughs> fart joke is a jump scare. Yeah, that's or, all. The, it, the, like, it too is all just fart fart scares. Right? <laughs> or like in the comedy, you have like if you have a bad comedy, you have like characters laughing at the joke to say, "Hey, that was funny." And like in a horror, you have people screaming like my god, jump scare. Right. <laughs> is there a trailer that you wish you'd cut or worked on? A lot. Um, one of one of my favorites that has influenced me is the It Comes at Night teaser. You just opened the door, right? You didn't go in. I didn't touch the door. You didn't what? It, it was already open. What? The door was already open when you got there? Yeah. Then who opened it? Uh, which I is is really just one long shot that they're able to sit in, and then start with with voiceover that sort of doesn't explain the story, but explains a problem the characters are dealing with. And through that, you're able to glean the story, and then they start peppering in these like sort of flash cuts visually. That's the hallway, right? Yeah, so it starts on a hallway, and a pa- actually starts in a painting. Keep the door shut. It starts on a violent painting, and then pulls back, and then pans to the right, and then moves down the hallway towards a red door. And they're talking about how the door was open, and no one knew who opened it. And you just start to see all this weird, horrific, and confusing imagery. And that's a very like independent kind of horror thriller film. And I've always like tried to apply that type of thinking and that style to like bigger like studio movies i like that style it doesn't give anything away about that movie with that being said that editor also cut the witch hereditary midsummer midsummer absolutely amazing tommy malatesta he's a genius yeah it's that a24 kind of horror which is which is good i mean it's which is a kind of marker of of where horror is going as well like you have amazing kind of uh you know robert eggers um who's just done the lighthouse like amazing kind of directors working in horror he also did the lighthouse trailer oh yeah yeah (laughs) and they're more all of those are more like independent like horror like the the more like critically acclaimed kind of horror of recent years is is lower budget in general not necessarily Mm -hmm. low budget but definitely not a 200 million dollar movie but i feel like this great uh, like now is like a really like great time in horror because you you know you get directors like david sandberg you get really good directors working in the studio horror as well yes and you you get you get good material to work with like a lot of times with a bad horror film you have to upcut or flutter cut or like you know get really crazy with the editorial to make it seem more exciting than it is but with a lot of these good horror films that have come out over the past like decade or so 
the directors and storytelling are more confident. Mm -hmm. You're able to sit in shots longer, which to me always imbues an effect to the audience. Like, oh, this is, I trust this product that is being sold to me because they're able to sit in this and not like, I don't feel like I'm being lied to about what this movie's going to do to me. So it would I, uh, it would be remiss to talk about modern horror trailers if we didn't talk about uh, the genius of Bill Neal. So for those who don't know, Bill is one of, if not the best, uh, horror trader editor working in the industry right now um, and is known for launching the kind of modern genre of horror from his Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer. So, favourite Bill Neal trailer? All of them? Can that be Texas Chainsaw's... It teaser. Yeah, his it teaser is incredible. Strangers, which we talked about. You know what's great about Bill is that he's such a great horror editor. He's the best. But he did Wolf of Wall Street. He's done so many other trailers. He's extremely versatile. Like, versatile can cut any genre. And that's what's great about practicing horror so much is that you have to be really good with music. And you have to be able to make moments land. And I think that translates through all genres. Making moments land is a really good point, and that's what he is great at, is yeah. that he's great at creating an effect with the material he has, and it's always a memorable effect. Yeah. He knows what moments to pick. He's, he spends a ton of time going through music to find that right, like It is a perfect example of that right, like kind of... That laugh. <laughs> Like, At 117 know. when the house showed up in the teaser and it was like, oh my god. One minute and 17 seconds into the trailer? In the teaser, the, teaser? the first piece, yeah. You the know signature the time sound. sure it's one minute? You know the time <laughs> yes, I watched it everyone, <laughs> everyone listening at home, double check that and write in the comments whether it's, she's right yeah. or not. Idiot, it's at 116. You talk to music, but that sound design as well, which is something so unique to horror that, you know, Mm -hmm. like compared to other genres as well, we were talking earlier about violin plucks and something like that, and that kind of comes from that kind of independent horror place and and things like Mother, and um, that's a kind of recent trope, but it it kind of speaks to the ability to find unique sounds and unsettling sounds and things like that 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 are new. They imbued into the campaign. People don't realize it's like it cuts from the teaser, but then that's going to be in TV spots, the following trailer, digital spots. It becomes the voice of the campaign, and you recognize that campaign just by yeah. the clown's laughter or the string plucks from Mother that Bill Neal also cut, which was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It's yeah, it's you, very difficult to do, but when you find it, it's like, that's it. And when you find it and you have a good team behind the campaign that is latching onto it as well and says, this is our thing, this is our kind of flag for this movie, like, sonically, that's yes. just going to be on everything. And I think that's really smart because you can use that in a radio spot. And people are like, I know what this is right away without having the VO guy say, this is the, an it radio spot, basically. <laughs> radio spots are always tough for horror like that because you can't really do scares. Right. Um, but when you have a sonic kind of signature, you can still do the job of advertising the movie. But the, the sound design thing is interesting because that's another way that I think horror is much more filmic than other genres where, you know, comedy is very, very hard to do in a trailer. But a lot of times there's less sound design in a, in a comedy piece or trailer than, than in others. Would you agree, Rick, someone who does more comedy than me? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, other than like a penny whistle. <laughs> right, like that. Right, no, there's, there's no I know. I mean, there's there's uh, there's sound effects to help the music. Basically, I, I would say it's kind of music and it's music driven, music and dialogue driven. Yeah. yeah, and action. It's like you're almost kind of like doing the sound design part is like remixing a song in some ways, right. um, with lots of drums and hits, percussion. But with horror, you find yourself relying on sometimes the movie like the movie sound design a lot or you have to become a foley artist by or yourself it's the diegetic sounds yes you're this door creak holy crap this is amazing what if we take it pitch it up like and reverb it out and go off with it and then you got yeah. your signature and that's the, the Bill Neal thing so we were talking about the Strangers Trader so like right. the Strangers Trader has two of those devices it has a swing that creaks and you've got that that carries on for a bit then you've got the record skipping in a way it's kind of inspired by the you know the alien thing it's that kind of it's that sonic device that keeps on going but uh, I've talked in the past about like any time that there's a record on or off or skipping in a movie like you've got to use it and yeah, the thing, you have, because yeah. what you say it's a diegetic sound it's like anything that you can land the sound design with and obviously right. like with all these things you know you should be starting with the feature anyway so if it's kind of a sound that you know if we have the score obviously we're working so early that we don't necessarily always have the score and we don't know where they're going we don't have the score. Sometimes we don't have sound. Yeah. You know, in dailies, if you're cutting a teaser or, or trailer from dailies, you have to, you have to be the sound guy, basically. And you're not just, like, manipulating or adding trailery sound design. You're building the movie, in mm -hmm. a sense, uh, especially mm -hmm. with horror, because you end up, you know, telling the story for a minute and then sitting in a scene for a minute and then scaring, you know, doing a scare. And um, Yeah, it's very hard to look at horror dailies. Yeah. and like you know there's like a wind machine going and you're like you're yes. like you're totally yeah. like out of the zone of Foley is definitely our friend in horror yeah but that's what I that's what I love about it is right. that you are creating the movie essentially right. in, in, in a small form um, so what's the future for Horror Traders what's the next what's the next big thing that's well, gonna well sitting like... right here you're interviewing Matt Miranda <laughs> over here <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I, I would say the movies share a burden in that of like getting, they have to continue to be original and interesting. And I think that's where the best pieces come from anyway, is that there's, there, they usually always come from good movies. And I think that you can't ever like mess up by using the movie as inspiration. And the point of a horror trailer in the end is to scare you. It's like if you can scare the audience <laughs> or make people scared they're like I'm gonna see that cause it's cause that's what I want like when you go to a horror movie it's like a weird drug like fear is a weird drug to audiences it's like you go for this safe hit of adrenaline to be you know wrapped up in suspense and then release when there's you know a scare and that's all you need to do to, to sell somebody and hook somebody on it and so as long as you can do that then that's what they're going to be yeah, yeah and uh, like, uh, these things go in cycle you know you have like slasher films for a couple of years and then you have mm -hmm. body horror and like what you know what is the next thing that actually kind of disturbs people yeah. maybe it'll be politics <laughs> for the next 10 years <laughs> just, just actual like the most terrifying <laughs> just yeah. news headlines the scary up on yeah, yeah, yeah I mean that's it like how do you scare people in, two minutes. in, in this world I don't think, though, I would say, like, I don't think stuff like flutter cutting and, like, negative flashes and all that kind of 90s tropey stuff is yeah. ever going to come back because it's... 
It was done when it was done because of almost the, the technological limitations. And you're gonna and, all, like, not limitations, like... Or the possibilities. Like, yeah, the possibilities, right, like, right. yeah, all of a sudden you could do a white, you so know, everybody white did it for, like... Yeah. Everybody did it for a decade, and then... And, and 90s horror trailers are interesting, too, because they were all, like, bigger budget films. So they had songs in them, like legit songs that they were trying to push a soundtrack commercially. So you had to use that in the trailer. Like what kind of stuff? Like Scream or like Final Destination or or I know what you did last summer. Uh, <laughs> that had these like attractive like teen soap opera casts and and thirty forty million dollar budgets. And you know the trailers kind of took on the personality of the movie. And I, I don't think horror will go back to that. I think the minimalist stuff is still very, very trendy and hasn't also been exploited to an extent that it's become tiresome. Well, it's funny because it's like, <clears throat> I would say the trend, what, changes every, like, two to three years, you know, and doesn't last that long. So you're constantly, I think every producer and editor is constantly looking of how they can push the genre and make that new trend and who knows what's going to come next. So at the end of the day, it's that raw emotion, like, fear is the most original and most powerful emotion of mankind. Right? Wow. As HP Lovecraft would say. Wow, I think you gotta I think you gotta end it there. <laughs> <laughs> happy I Halloween. Can't, I can't say anything more than that. Yeah, happy um, Halloween. Okay, thanks guys. That was great. Yeah, so that was our interview with uh, kind of horror trailer aficionados. So happy Halloween. Derek, what are you going to dress up as? I didn't plan at all. I, this Halloween kind of snuck up on me, but... Just spooky, spooky game trailer editor. <laughs> Yes. I think I'm going to be a whistleblower and just have a whistle and blow it. That might get a little grating uh, if you're at a party, but good luck. <laughs> just full uh, full commitment. That's what I'm going for. All right. Yeah, so that's our show. As always, you can send us questions at cutdown at idlethumbs.net. We're on Twitter at cutdowncast, and I am at Derek underscore Lou. And I'm at Rick Thomas. And we're part of the Idle Thumbs Network. Also, join us on the Idle Thumbs forums if you'd like to discuss this week's episode. We have a thread for every single one. And if you can, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the show so then that we can get more exposure. And thanks to Twisted Jukebox for our intro music. They have a good load of horror stuff too, so, uh, so check them out. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening.